This is the Master Brewers Podcast, brought to you by the Master Brewers Association of the Americas, a volunteer organization dedicated to continually improving the products and processes of our membership since 1887. Master Brewers brings you interviews with the industry's best and brightest in brewing science, technology, and operations. Support for this podcast and the following message come from the Master Brewers Bookstore, where you can find must-have titles like the Practical Handbook for the Specialty Brewer, Beer Packaging, Conference Proceedings, and more. Visit mbaa.com store to build your brewing library and make better beer. You can... Uh create some of those nice malty flavors that are that are normally associated with uh you know barley malt but you can find it in in oats which are gluten-free this week on the show jordan gertz joins us from Brees malt and ingredients to give us a behind the scenes look at product development for malted naked oats which can be used to enhance mouthfeel or to produce gluten-free beers all right, Jordan. Well, why don't you tell us uh, what exactly are naked oats? Uh, naked oats are uh, simply a, a version of oats that grow with a naturally loose hull. Uh, simply just falls off during the harvesting process, so there's no special treatment to remove the hull, uh, such as abrasion or anything like that that might uh, damage the uh, the kernel and it and alter its ability to germinate. Uh, so it's uh, really nice for uh, sprouting and malting uh, because it doesn't uh, have any uh, lower germination capacity than the standard oats would have. What are naked oats uh, typically used for and what made you think brewing might be a good application? Uh, so they're typically used in the food industry. They're uh, usually very high in protein so they have uh, and, and they have a high nutritional value. So they, uh, you know, they've been used in the, the food industry for quite a while now. Uh, we were working on them uh, for food applications and I was, you know, had tasted some of the products we'd made. And I was, I was thinking that, you know, if we made some changes, did some different kilning, we could make these uh, a very nice uh, product for brewing. And they're typically malted in those other applications usually, right? Uh, they can, they can be actually, they're primarily used raw. So they're not, they're not uh, malted in all those applications uh, for food. Okay, cool. What, uh, how would you describe the flavor profile of naked oats and which types of malt type or types of malt uh, are naked oats best suited for? Uh, so, you know, we, we were kind of, uh, I was kind of looking at them for uh, you, you, use in a, in a gluten-free application. So uh, they had, they have a nice malty flavor when they're, they're kilned. Uh, so you can actually uh, create some of those uh, Maillard reaction flavors, you know, uh, like you might find in a pale ale malt or a aromatic or a Munich style malt. Uh, so you can actually, uh, uh, you know, as, as you push the kilning a little further, you can you can uh, create some of those nice malty flavors that are that are normally associated with, uh, you know, barley malt. But you can find it in, in oats, which are gluten free. Let's back up in the process a little bit. A hullest grain like naked oats is probably going to take up moisture. 
uh, very differently. What adjustments did you have to make to the steeping process? We started with a, a full moisture study to see how they take up, how fast they take up moisture and how readily they take up moisture. And, and uh, you know, being hullless and a very small kernel size, uh, they take up water very rapidly. Uh, you know, so we used short soak times uh, and longer air rest during the steeping period. Uh, and and that solves your, your, basically your workaround for not ending up with mush in your steep tank. Okay. Very good. How, anything unique when it comes to germinating naked oats? So they do take up water uh, at a very rapid rate, and they'll absorb more water during uh, germination as well. So you have to kind of monitor your, your water application. Uh, and they're also naturally hullless, so they're not, there's nothing protecting the embryo. So turning over the grain during that process can actually damage uh, the embryo and stop it from growing. Uh, which can create problems, you know, uh, you're not going to have uh, a fully modified grain at the end if you damage the, ger- damage the embryo. So you have to be careful and gentle with it during the germination process. So are you able to turn it at all or do you have to basically just not turn it? Uh, you're able to turn it uh, a little bit. You, d- you definitely have to turn it over to keep it from matting because you still get rivets and you still get acrospires during the process. Uh, so you have to turn it over somewhat so it doesn't uh, mat, but you want to make sure that you're uh, not turning it over excessively or more than you have to because uh, you will see some damage during the process. Okay, tell us about kilning. You, you made a couple of different variations, I believe, a base malt and a dark malt. Yeah, so I made, uh, well, we made uh, three variations, really. We made a, we made a, uh, a standard base malt. Uh, we used a kilning profile similar to how you would kiln a, a standard uh, brewer's malt. Uh, and then we also used higher temperature, uh, higher curing temperature to create a more Munich-style malt. And then we also did a, uh, tried to create a caramel malt to see how we could, uh, how far we could push the color and flavor. How did the malt analysis look on all of those? Uh, the malt analysis looked looked well. Uh, the the first the very first batch I did uh, used a five standard five day germination was uh, you know it was a very good you know seventy five percent extract forty uh, you know good bushel weight uh, and a s over, s over t was low but that was kind of expected with the uh, high levels of protein that you start with. Uh, but that five-day malt had a had a serious off flavor, uh, so we actually had to cut the uh, length of germination back to about three days, uh, and use a, a a little warmer temperatures to modify it a little more quickly. But uh, ended up with a little lower extract uh, and a little lower color in both our base malt and our Munich malt. Uh, but very good flavor in both and still a, a decent malt analysis, a lower S over T, but uh, still enough enzyme to convert a mash, which is what we're aiming for in a base malt. Uh, you, know, you need those enzymes to convert your mash, if, especially if you're going to be making a gluten-free beer. That's The oats are going to be your main source of enzymes. So t- tell us a little bit more about that, the off flavor that you experienced in, that, the, in the first batch and, and, and what, what you think caused that. Uh, so. Uh, you know, we basically during the first batch we use a a standard uh, five day germination like we would use for for barley. You know, you kind of know with what you, or you go with what you know, and we knew that process would work for barley. Let's try it for oats. Well, uh, 
there's a there's a bacteria that that grows on the outside of oats that produces this off flavor uh the most pleasant way to describe it is dirt uh geosamin is is another way that uh, you might describe that flavor uh or that that compound that's created um it's a uh, it's very earthy and just you know it's dirt unpleasant Coming up, brewing trials with Naked Oats and more. I'm John Bryce, and you're listening to the Master Brewers Podcast from the Master Brewers Association of the Americas. Here's what's coming up on the Master Brewers calendar. Don't miss the Draft Line Cleaning Best Practices webinar January 16th. District St. Louis meets January 18th at Anheuser-Busch InBev. District New England meets in New Hampshire January 19th and 20th. The 2018 District Ontario Technical Conference is January 24th through the 26th in Niagara Falls. The District St. Paul Minneapolis Scholarship Fundraiser is January 24th at Indeed Brewing. District Northern California holds its technical conference February 2nd at Sierra Nevada and Chico. The District St. Paul, Minneapolis February Meeting and Scholarship Drive is February 8th at Surly Brewing. District St. Louis meets at O'Fallon Brewery on February 18th. The Fundamentals of Cut and Stack Labeling webinar is February 19th. District Mid-South meets at Mill Creek in Nashville March 2nd and 3rd. Districts Michigan and St. Louis both meet March 15th. And check out the speaker lineup for the 2018 Eastern Technical Conference March 23rd and 24th in Atlantic City. View the full calendar of events at mbaa.com for more details or to find a district meeting near you. Now back to the show. So you, after you successfully malted uh, naked oats, how did you set up, you did some brewing, how did you set up your brewing trials? Uh, so for the brewing trials, I talked to uh, my, my co-worker, Dan Beast, who's done a fair amount of uh, gluten-free brewing in the past. He's actually done a, you know, an oat beer before, uh, 100% oat beer. So he had he had some ideas. You know, this time we he had they had previously used uh, enzymes uh, rather than uh, malted oats. Uh, so we were, we were trying, you know, to, to stay away from the enzymes, use all standard, uh, you know, brewing practices with no no additional enzymes and uh so we used uh we we did two batches basically one would be 100% oats and the other batch would be 50% oats uh, so we for the 100% oats we used the two the the base malt that we created and then the vienna style malt uh at about 50/50 and uh for that we did uh you know an extended mashing process because of the lower enzyme levels uh but it turned out with a you know a very nice uh or it 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 yielded a very uh you know sweet pleasant wort that was a nice color and didn't have too much of a haze it was uh uh went well and we then split that into uh two different uh yeast strains uh, and then for the uh, 50% oat beer, we split, uh, we used just a, a Pilsen malt and then uh, 50% of our uh, Munich style oats. 
Now, imagine imagine milling is a little bit different with this product. Tell us about that. What's kind of the best practice for milling with uh, naked oats? Yeah, so milling milling the oats was actually more of a you know more of a challenge than I thought it would be. Uh, it's one of the things that you know you just kind of you have to do to everything, so you just assume you'll be able to do it. But with the uh, small kernel size, you really have to tighten your mill, and you have to uh, basically balance your how much flour you're willing to live with versus how much whole kernel you're willing to live with. Cause there's a good variation in the, uh, in the finished kernel size. Um, so you can't, uh, so you, like I said, it's really a, a balance between how much flour you'll have and how much whole kernel you'll have. Cause you need to, you need to be able to access that starch, but you also don't want to create too much flour during, uh, because it'll suffer during the laudering process. Okay. Why don't you walk us through the beers that you made in, in a little more detail and, and talk about how they turned out. So we can start with the the 50% oat beers that we made, uh, which, like I said... You, was, you made two of those, right? Uh, so, well, no, we actually made uh, five of those. Okay. So it was the same, uh, the same wort split into five different containers and fermented uh, using the five different uh, yeast strains. Uh, you know, we wanted to use something that would, or we wanted to uh, highlight the contributions of the malted oats, but we also wanted uh, to choose styles that would be appropriate to have a large non-barley adjunct portion. Uh, so we wanted something that would have, you know, a little more clean and uh, less estuary profile. So we used just a standard American ale yeast and a cream ale yeast. And then we wanted something that was a little more appropriate to the high adjunct styles. With a, you know, we used two hefeweizen uh, yeasts and a, and a wit yeast. Uh, and, and for all that, uh, for all the beers, we wanted to kind of minimize the uh, influence of the hops. So we we used some more traditional style hops with low alpha contents uh, and just uh, you know moderately hop near the end. So you'd still have a little hop flavor, but you wouldn't cover up any of the uh, multi-oat flavor. Okay, tell us about the sensory results from, from those beers. Any, any takeaways that, that were true across the spectrum of all the different yeasts that you used? So for the uh, 50% oat beers, they were, uh, they were fairly well received. They, uh, they had a, a definitely a, an increase in the mouthfeel. The Oatsberry gave a, gave a nice, nice thick-bodied beer uh, with good mouthfeel. There was a wide variety of uh, of comments to uh, describe that, uh, ranging from uh, velvety uh, all the way to slimy. But they overall had a you know a, a positive impression of the beers. Uh, all right, why don't you tell us some more about the uh, the hundred percent? So with that one, um, you also brewed a single wort stream and then and then split it up, but not not into as many different um, fermenters, right? Yeah, so we just split that into two beers. Uh, just again, the standard American ale yeast, uh, and then a, a Bavarian wheat yeast. Uh, we did we did a similar hopping uh, profile, uh, actually the exact same hopping profile, and then uh, we did an extended mash uh, mash profile for those beers because we wanted to make it make sure we could maximize the attenuation because of the low lower lower extract than barley malt. For that process, you know, our, our goal was really to uh, you know make it taste like beer uh, and have it preferably be drinkable. And so, how about the sensory on those beers? 
for the uh, American ale yeast, it unfortunately was uh, was infected, uh, so we didn't we didn't uh, complete sensory on that beer. Uh, but the uh, Bavarian wheat yeast was uh, you know uh, well received. Uh, it was true to style. Had a uh, you know a variety of estuary estuary flavors. Had a had a nice color. Uh, again, it, it it did have a the increased viscosity and mouthfeel. Overall, it was especially uh, noted as good for gluten-free beer. What were some of the biggest challenges brewing with Naked Oats, and where do you see Naked Oats being the most useful and practical in commercial brewing? Uh, so some of the biggest challenges with the oats, uh, you know, their small kernel size, um, you know, making it difficult not only in, in processing because standard being smaller than standard grain it would fall through some of the screens that we had in place. So you would lose some during the, the actual malting process. Uh, you'd have to deal with compaction uh, and damage to the embryo uh, and some of those off flavors that can be created. Uh, but during the brewing process, you know, you're dealing with low enzymes, uh, no husk material for filtering aids, uh, difficult milling, the high protein, uh, and they're also high in uh, beta-glucans. So uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of challenges there for, for loudering, uh, that can potentially come up. You know, we knowing, knowing this ahead of time, we really kind of babied our, uh, loudering process along and ran it very slow and took, took longer than it, uh, than it really had to, I think. But, uh, you know, we wanted to make sure that we did it right and got a nice clear wart in the end. Uh, as, as for where I see, uh, you know, oats being useful, you know, it, Certainly in gluten-free beer, having, uh, you know, having active enzymes, they could be used as a source uh, of conversion enzymes. Uh, but ideal, or, you know, more likely I see them being used as, a, as an adjunct uh, for flavors. So some of the, uh, you know, the higher kiln Vienna style or possibly even the caramel oats that had a, had a nice uh, caramely sweet flavor, uh, I see as being more of a, more of a, a use for bigger brewing process. Okay. Do you have um, any other trials planned or anything else you'd like to investigate with, with Naked Oats? We do have more trials planned. We're working on creating a new, uh, a new product that could be uh, you know, marketed both to glu- the gluten-free beer industry and uh, you know, all beer industry as they would uh, you know, like to increase, increase mouthfeel and, and viscosity of the wort. Uh, and also give some more unique flavors that that the oats can actually bring to uh, you know different styles of beers. That was Jordan Gertz here on the Master Brewers podcast. If you like what you heard today, pick up a copy of the 2017 Master Brewers Conference Proceedings from the Master Brewers Bookstore at mbaa.com. One hundred and thirty years ago, Master Brewers was built on the concept of brewers helping each other out so we could all make the best possible beer. That's still true to this day, and it's where a lot of the camaraderie in this industry originated. Master Brewers' award-winning Ask the Brewmasters is the best place to go for troubleshooting, where you'll find the industry's only discussion forum that's moderated for technical accuracy by a team of experts. See what everyone else is talking about at community.mbaa.com. United, we brew.
Did you enjoy today's episode? Would you like us to keep making more? If so, there's a really simple way you can let us know. Subscribe, rate, and review the Master Brewers podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Full of courage. My heart full of rage. Well, I can't get stuck.